Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 71. This is a bonus episode and it's now been 28 weeks, six days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. Now bonus episodes are different from regular episodes in that I usually go off to walk someplace because something's on my mind and I use these bonus episodes as a way of figuring out what's bothering me or to kind of work out my feelings. I really don't bring notes or comments or other things that I plan to speak for the most part. I just talk. And something's been on my mind quite a bit lately and so this morning I woke up and decided I think I'll go to a hike sit in my Zen place, listen to Josh Woodward, and talk about what's on my mind instead of heading for the chips. So let's listen to the inspirational snippet of Josh Woodward's I'm Letting Go, and then I'll share with you what I need to let go of today. But I'm letting go. you Josh I've been listening to your beautiful album a the sorry the simple life and that's the album that contains I'm letting go and it's wonderful and you can get the whole thing and it's a double album for five dollars directly from Josh Woodward's website I made that the resource of the day last episode day 70 and I'll put the link again today now this is not one of my affiliate links in any manner but if you love I'm letting go, I highly suggest that you go check out A Simple Life because the whole album is about change and it's also from I think you know, our societal change kind of like how we get busy and we get into things and as we let things go we make changes so it's kind of a sad album, an evocative album and in the end a hopeful album that I find very inspiring and I listened to it all the way up the mountain today and it's really helped me clarify my own mood and how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking and giving me the courage to say what I want to say. As always when I go on and on instead of telling you what I'm going to let go that means I don't want to tell you. That means I have a fear about it, that there's something about me that I don't feel comfortable sharing with you, which is silly. <laughs> well, not really, it's how I feel because I've shared so many very personal things with you and I've been brave and I've made mistakes and I've done good things and you know I've had all kinds of experiences that I shared with you. But I think the deeper I get to my root causes, the harder it is for me to share. But it does me a lot of good to share with you who I really am and how I really feel. Like a couple of things bother me. One of them is that sometimes I fear that some of you brave companions are idealizing me. You know, thinking that I'm really, I don't know this lady that has answers and I don't, I really don't. 
I'm someone who likes to talk a lot and I do think a lot. I'm in my head a lot. The things that I share on this show are things I would have been thinking about anyway, only they might have gone through my mind at such a speed that they were almost unconscious and they might have triggered some eating episodes rather than me catching them and paying attention to them because to actually speak your mind, to speak your stream of consciousness, you have to slow down. You cannot physically speak as fast as your mind can race. And the same is true with writing for those of you that are journalers. One of the good things about journaling or speaking in an audio diary format is that you must slow down your mind and actually pay attention to the thought. And that kind of tends you, it kind of keeps me from having this multiple speed demon thoughts just whizzing around like bees in a hive, which is kind of what it's like to live in my head. I definitely have racing mind and weird attention spans and just a lot of thoughts in my head. And that has been some of my, my issues in the past. And part of that comes from being isolated and isolating myself from others that I have been my own companion. And sometimes the companion that I've been to myself has been a fun and funny person just like you guys have been listening to a lot of the time. And sometimes it turns out to be a not so nice companion like that that bully that I so vividly illustrated for you last show when I walked around the park on day 70. All of these different pieces of my head can come from, you know, old teachers, relatives, people on the street, things I made assumptions from, who knows where some of the voices in our head come from and at what time they stuck or why they're there. But everybody have these different thoughts that will come at you one time or another. And for me, what's really helpful, what's really helpful for me, myself, Lori, is to find a way to pay attention to these thoughts, to say, how valid are these thoughts? and then to combat them. And I do that by recording this show. <laughs> That's my way of doing it. When I have these strange thoughts, I'm either going up like I did today, right up the mountain to share with you my thoughts. And by sharing them with you, I'm really sharing them with me. As I've explained before, even though I deeply, deeply value you and appreciate that some of you are finding good out of this show, the purpose of Compulsive Overeating Diary, the podcast, the blog, the posting on Facebook of my daily statuses with my body balance numbers, all of that is for me. Does that sound selfish to you? If it does, I'm sorry, <laughs> but that's my truth. This show, everything around this show was designed to help myself, to figure out myself, to be an aid in doing what I want to do, to find out who I am. Who am I under the people pleasing? Who am I under all of these compulsions to try to be who I'm not sometimes? To be who I'm not to such an extent that I don't even know it. And that extends also to food. There's some foods that I have eaten in the past that I thought I like, but I don't. When I really pay attention to the taste, 
the flavor, the texture, how it feels in my mouth, and then how it makes me feel later on, whether it's how it sits in my stomach immediately after eating or how it impacts my digestion later, how much energy I have following that food. Like there's some foods, I'll give you a, an example. These are two breakfasts that I really like. One breakfast is I scramble an egg with a little bit of Parmesan cheese and I put that on rosemary toast with a little bit of butter. And I love this breakfast and when I eat it, I remain very full in my tummy clear till lunchtime. It's very satisfying, it tastes good to me and the balance of nutrients is such that there's enough fat and proteins and carb that I stay satisfied in my body until lunch. But if I eat that breakfast before I go hiking or bike riding, it feels heavy in my stomach. It just does not feel good. It does not have enough carb and it's got a little bit too much protein for me to readily access it when I'm in an, a, a high intensity workout, which for me, my bike riding is high intensity. And for me, hiking is also high intensity because of the, the grade. So the breakfast that I like to have when doing exercise is a small carton of organic yogurt that is sweetened with sugar, a banana sliced into it, some organic berries sliced into it, a package of Trader Joe's Omega Enhanced Trail Mix, which is nuts and some other things. So that breakfast is very high in carbohydrate. The nuts and the protein from the yogurt burn a little bit slower. So I find that gives me a good burst of energy that I use up and feel fueled while I am doing my exercise. That little bit of protein kicks in to keep me satisfied. And then when I return from my exercise, usually an hour or two later, it's a little early for lunch, but I will oftentimes have my lunch earlier. And then my lunch might be a little more protein based. Like I might be hungry for some meat or, or some vegetable that way and a little less in carb. But that's my body and that's how I react to it. So I've learned this by paying attention to myself. And I see from my recorder here that I've gone now almost nine minutes after listening to Josh and I still haven't told you what I want to let go of. And that's because I'm still kind of uncomfortable to tell you. But here goes, I'm gonna take a deep breath. Okay, we'll count to three together. One, two, three. What I'm gonna let go of is unasked for advice. I don't want to give you unasked for advice and I don't want to receive unasked for advice. Well, Lori, what does that mean? Does, does that mean you don't like when we comment to you and, and tell you what we think? No, brave companions, I don't want you to feel bad in any way or take this to heart, and this isn't directed at any one person. But I've been working on this in therapy because this is something that also happens a lot in relationships. Think about, do you have a friend that has all the answers ever? I have a friend like that, and I know that I have been this friend too, which I think is also kind of shameful. It <laughs> pushes my shame button. But when you have a friend, that knows all the answers, you tell this friend something about your life and this friend will immediately go into problem solving mode and tell you, oh, that's easy, do this, this, and this. Either that or they will top your story with, 
oh, that's nothing. I have this and this work, this, this, and this. Both of these responses make me, and again, I will speak for myself, make me feel not heard and discounted. And like this friend is, has no assumption about me based in my reality. Now versus support. If you have a friend who is very supportive and you tell them, oh, this is how I'm feeling or this is what happened to me, that friend will say something like, wow, that must have been hurtful or I'm so sorry you went through that. I have a great article about that. Would you like me to share it with you? Or I have some thoughts on that. Would you like to know that? You know, that is support where people are being empathetic to the person who's going through something, going through their situation without making assumptions that you know best for that person. And again, I'm raising my hand high here on the Zen place and admitting that in many of my relationships, I have pushed people away because I have been the friend who knows it all. Any topic, anything you have, any story you want to tell, I've been there, done that, got the t-shirt, or I can give you 10 good ways that you can tackle that problem this minute. But I've also been on the receiving side of that, and I've talked about this quite extensively in my therapy, and it is a boundary thing. Okay, one reason why I would tell you advice is one, I care about you. I want what's good for you. And because I'm coming from my own point of view, I often think I know what might be good for you. But brave companions, that was a wrong assumption on my part. It really is because I cannot know the whole picture of what is your story. I cannot know what you're going through, and particularly in our topic of, this is primarily about emotional eating around eating disorders, because that's what I have. I am an emotional eater. That has been my behavior mechanisms, is to diet and binge, and it's very, very emotionally based. For me, it is not triggered by any component in any food. This is something I know for a fact through experience and working with my own set of experts, my therapist, my doctor, and others in the past. I have been through many of these processes and I've been through many different diet plans and, and different things. I've really had a lot, a lot of experience. So I am an absolute expert in one thing, Lori. I know Lori, I know Lori's emotions, I know Lori's body, or at least I'm getting to know Lori's body. Because, tell you the truth, until now, I really didn't pay enough attention to my own body's reactions to things. I gave my power over to others, just like I kind of behaved in one way to try to please others in my life, at work, in friendships, in love relationships. I turned myself into a pretzel. I would give my power over to every expert. I would read this diet book, or I would go see an expert in nutrition, or I would go try another plan, or I read an article on the internet, and I would give these things my all, and I would give it a try. And if it didn't work for me or didn't feel good for me, I would beat myself up and say, look, I'm just, I'm just not doing it hard enough. I'm not giving it long enough. Try. But the truth is, if any one of those things that I had done in the past had worked for me, 
it would have worked, okay? It would have become something that felt comfortable. It would have become something that was easily done ongoing. It would have made a difference in my energy. It would have made a difference in my relationships. It would have made a positive impact in my life into such a way as I would be very, very motivated to continue doing that process. And the fact is, until now, there was nothing for me that did that. So while I appreciate positive feedback and comments and concerns, I absolutely, for me, and again, I'm talking for me, I really don't want to get advice about what I should do. I don't want to hear about what I should or should not eat. I don't want to hear how I should or should not exercise. I don't want to hear, you know, how I should do anything unless I've asked for that. A good example of me asking is when I had the meeting with the person who may or may not be producing my set of uh, real-life seminar support groups. We're still in negotiations about that. But I felt unsure of myself, and so I asked via email to some people, and I asked on Facebook to any brave companions that might be out there, do you have some advice for me? Do you have some thoughts about this topic? I'm really unsure of how to approach this. So I asked directly, could you help me? Another example might be where I'm in a particular situation. Well, one was when I went to my birthday trip where I was really scared. And I did a whole show about that and said at that time I was trying to stick to my calories, but I had realized that in the past I had kind of screwed up the opportunity to be social with friends and family by being scared about what I would eat or not eat. And so I asked you, the brave companions, can you help me? Can you give me some input, some thoughts, some advice? Has there been anything you've done in the past that has helped you with this situation? How can I stay on my diet and still enjoy my social event? And these two things are very tricky to do. And Crystal is the one who gave me the advice that really resonated with me. She told me about how I should be concentrating on the people rather than the food and just let myself eat the food while I'm concentrating on these people. Don't worry about it, because when she had done that in the past, at worst, she'd stay the same or gone up a pound. So she could enjoy her vacation and yet still feel like she wasn't overeating like crazy. Because in the past, what I had done is either been so focused on my restriction that I was a raging bitch and just, you know, turn people off as they were about to eat their delicious dessert and I would give them the evil eye, you know, and cross my arms and man, you know, I don't get to eat that kind of attitude. Or I would say, Yahoo, I'm not on the diet now. I'm on my vacation. So let me eat this entire piece of cheesecake and let's order the carrot cake. I haven't had that. And how about some ice cream to top that off? And I would run around with a roly poly tummy because in the past, I was either on a diet or off the diet meant all bets were off. So I asked for that advice. I asked for you guys to tell me, what have you done? What's helpful for you? Do you have any ideas for me? And so I appreciated all of those ideas, all of that advice, because I really was at sea, had not had a success in that area for myself at that time. So I really, really wanted input from all of you. But brave companions, if me, 
glory doesn't ask you for specific advice, I'm going to ask you now, please don't give it to me. And to be more clear about my boundaries, what I'm dealing with is years in the making, since the time I was five years old, disordered eating behavior and psychological problems that impact my eating. And what I'm doing to work through that, I've got a therapist, I'm doing this show and telling you how I feel, but when I tell you how I'm feeling, it is for me to hear how I'm feeling and for you to hear how I'm feeling in case that helps you to think through your own thoughts about how you are feeling. It is not a cry for help for me and it is not, let me underline it, it is not advice to you. Right now I am using principles of intuitive eating to work through my issues and I'm having good success. That's where I am at right now. I am not even following to the letter the book Intuitive Eating that we've linked to and talked about and Kendra recommended originally and a lot of people are using. That book I find very helpful, but I don't use it like a Bible. I have other things that I also do that I find helpful. But I don't even really like to say that many specifics because I don't want to imply that because I'm successful that you should do this. Okay? Intuitive eating might suck for you. Intuitive eating might trigger horrible, horrible binges for you. Intuitive eating might devastate years of progress that you've made in a different plan. You know, I'm not going to assume that I know you. I'm not going to assume that I know your life. I'm not going to assume that my advice in general is going to be the right thing. So that is a fear for me. I don't want to give advice. <laughs> and because that is my, my modus operandi, that is my default behavior to give advice, I'm a little bit scared that maybe in my comments, both on this show and in my comments to you, that I may have freely given unasked for advice. So I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna let unasked for advice go by telling you right now, please don't give me unasked advice. And if I accidentally give you unasked for advice, feel free to say thanks for that, Lori, but please don't give me <laughs> unasked for advice. Now again, unasked for is the key. If I want advice, or you want advice, feel free to ask for that. I am happy to give my take on things when you ask me. In fact, Kendra posted a question on day 70 that I'll probably cover in the next show because I have thoughts on that and I think you guys might have some thoughts on that. That's not what I'm talking about. So this actually makes me feel kind of good that I could say this out loud because I certainly don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I don't want to discourage you from ever calling, writing, or emailing me your feelings about your experience. Whatever your experience is and whatever's helpful for you or whatever you've discovered around a topic, I am very happy to have that information. Like I said, it's more about when it's directed toward me, 
about a method that you think I should follow. Please, I'm asking you from my heart, right now that goes counter to my therapy and what I'm trying to achieve for myself. So even though I understand it's meant very, very well, please don't do that at this time. And if there is a problem that I'm having an issue with and I want your input, I will ask you and I will very much value all of your advice on that. So I hope this is clear. And, you know, I'll talk about something else too a little bit. Is, you know, I can see when people subscribe to the blog and when they unsubscribe to the blog or to the email list and, you know, they like me on Facebook or they unlike me on Facebook. You know, and that happens from time to time. People come and then people go. And that hurts my feelings a little bit, as it would almost anybody, right? We all want to see more listeners, more comments, more people coming to read what you have to say, to feel like what you have is very valuable. But in a way, this has been a very good lesson for me and helped me to toughen my skin. Because I realized what I'm talking about today and telling you the truth might be the kind of stuff that will really turn off some listeners. And I just have to not apologize for my truth and say, brave companions, if anything I've said today is such that you don't feel comfortable listening to my show or commenting on my show, if I've hurt you in that way and my show is no longer good for you and you feel like you must not subscribe or you have to go away or whatever you have to do, then I will just deal with that. I will just deal with that because I realize that what I have to say is not for everybody. Even Mark, my husband who loves me, has only listened to two shows in their entirety. And he listened to my interview with Alan Standish because he really liked Alan Standish since he's a man. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> that kind of hurt my feelings. Oh, look at how intelligent Alan is. Alan is so great. I'm like, well, I was doing that interview too, honey. Yes, but you talk all the time. Alan is really great. Okay. <laughs> so that hurt my feelings. But Mark is right. Mark gets to hear my feelings all the time. More than, you know, he needs to hear. And... That's true in life. My real friends would not like it if I sat there talking and talking and talking and talking about myself in our conversations. Just like my friends don't really like it when I tell them what to do. And I have noticed since I have kind of become aware of that fact for myself that my friends seem to share more about their lives with me. And I think we are building more deeply felt connections with each other since I'm getting better at playing listening and supporting and not coming up with the to-do list for people. So I hope that this topic was illuminating and I hope that you understand that I love and appreciate you all and that in no way do I want to stop hearing about your experience or hearing your own story. And while we're on this topic, even though this is a bonus episode, I wanted to go ahead and play Shawnee L's call where she tells her story because we have so many things in common. And Shawnee L was very brave with her last call and gave permission for me to use this. So Shawnee L, I think 
when I'm talking about getting to know somebody and supporting someone and how much I love to hear other people's stories, this is a very fitting end to this bonus episode. So here is Shawnee L. in her own words. Hi, Lori. This is Shawnee L. And I just had to tell you, your podcast, I know that you got my review on iTunes. I just need to tell you how awesome you are and how real and you have no idea how much of an inspiration you are to me. Exactly how you are. The whole kit and caboodle. It's awesome. Um, I'm, a little bit about me. I'm 42 years old. Um, was born the chubby kid. Um, always battled, you know, the weight thing and teased and people pleaser growing up and then kind of went down the exercise compulsion lose weight in high school and I was always a people pleaser I had to be nice so I wouldn't be made fun of um and it was surviving our survival mechanism and ended up just caretaking everybody um and you know I just got into teaching I'm a teacher and um you know my uh my history turned into the trying to control the weight with the exercise, the dieting, restrict, dieting, re- and restricting, um, and then binging. You know, only hang on so many days and then binging. And for every restriction, there's like a bigger binge lingering. You know, I call it the dragon that wants to jump out of the closet. You know, um, I found Overeaters Anonymous when I was 30 years old, and um, it was cool because it got me in touch with my higher power. But I got to be honest, Lori, I, I did learn a lot in like, the support groups, but I, I do still participate in a lot of it. But it ended up, I have to be really careful. I love the telephone meetings. There's some really good ones that they have that are free. And it's awesome to have that support. But the shame and the guilt that I would feel and from some sponsors and just from what perfect abstinence is. And it just kind of perpetuated my disease and makes me feel worse about myself. And, you know, I have enough shame and guilt and remorse. And I think that learning my journey is to accept myself right where I'm at. And I'm not just saying, oh, we just use this as a binge fast and go, eat, you know, whatever you want, because there are, I'm not going to lie, there are certain foods that make me not feel as well, and I like to feel good. I love to walk. I love, I do enjoy exercising, but I love being outside. Um, I love my puppies, and, um, you know, I, there's, I need to accept that about myself, but I also need to accept that at times I'm willing to pay the consequences of, you know, maybe having an upset tummy, but I'm tired of not trusting um, my body. I'm tired of not trusting uh, or just judging it and just letting it rule me. And I married a man. Um, I got married out of fear of being alone. Uh, and it, I didn't say I wasn't smart about it. I didn't do the research. And my first marriage ended up in divorce. I ran. You know, it's like put on the people pleaser and then she runs away. And my eating disorder really got bad, you know. Um, even on the outside, my weight may have looked normal. Everything 
good time, but the hell and the this and the that, just crazy making, just crazy making. Um, I ended up getting remarried, and um, once again, what does it come down to is my people pleasing and holding on for dear life and just even expressing myself. You know, I love my husband. Um, he's older. He's 50. He's older than me. So, I, I mean, and we've been married uh, three years, and, you know, the pink clouds lifted and life sets in, and I still get doesn't get it and I think I don't know men are just a little different but just having I just your podcast made me not feel alone and I needed to share that and I I think I need to be okay with getting it out there I and I hope you don't mind me talking this long but just accepting the fact that you know what this is me and I'm doing the best I can and I'm tired of feeling like a failure and a loser and You know, I missed the boat on having children, and I just feel, and and I got to tell you, um, I've been binging. Um, I've had, like, so many days where I'm free of it, and then boom, and it's at nighttime. So maybe I'll call the hotline when it's nighttime and I feel alone. Um, But I don't want to do it to check out. Okay, much love, Lori. Keep on going. You're my hero. Thank you, Shawnee. You know, your story touched my heart a very great deal because there were so many elements that rang true for me. It just made my heart just go out for you that you had the bravery to tell us. You know, things about how you've been suffering with this issue for all of your life, how you had, you became a teacher and you're also a people pleaser. And I think as people pleasers go, into the teaching or caretaking professions quite a bit. And that can be very, very fulfilling, but it can also make us feel a great deal of pressure. And I understand where that comes from. I like too how you gave your balanced experience pros and cons with with OA, because you know every kind of plan or program that you endeavor to do will have its positives and its negatives. Just like every person has their positive attributes and maybe the attributes they could work on. And I think it's really important for us to, to think, think these things. Think, okay, this really resonates for me and this part does not really resonate for me. And sometimes, like Shani was saying about her phone meetings, whatever might be negative, might be okay because the overwhelming positive side makes it worth it. But to have that awareness to balance out, you know, like I shared last time in Weight Watchers, there was a lot of things I really, really liked about it. I loved the in-person support. I loved the camaraderie. I even loved learning somewhat what portion sizes were (laughs) since I came to Weight Watchers kind of with an idea that one pint of ice cream was definitely a single portion. There was a lot I liked about that program, and there were some things I found out I really didn't like as well, things that didn't resonate for me long-term. And almost any program under the sun will have something about it that resonates more for you and some parts that resonates less, if we put it that way. And I think allowing ourselves to feel 
the positives and the negatives and to make judgment from that space helps us to be more sure in our own selves, helps us be more sure in our own feelings and how we think. Because if we think a person, remember I said earlier, I'm scared you all are thinking I'm something special, something, someone that has all the answers and I'm not, that would be an incorrect assumption. I'm human, so I have wrong thoughts sometimes, incorrect assumptions, and I make mistakes in what I say and do. But if you also thought, Lori is just a negative bitch, she's only stuck on herself, or, you, or these other ideas, that would not be 100% true either, because I do have a very good heart and I do mean well. I'm a total package, and any program you might try is a total package, and any decision you make is a total package. I can think in my life of no decision at all that was 100% positive, that there was no downside in any way. I've never had a decision like that. So I think when we weigh the pros and the cons, we are more self-confident in what we choose to do, and we're more confident that we know how we truly feel. So thanks for sharing this journey with me, brave companions, and I'm gonna hike on down the mountain and listen to the rest of Josh's wonderful album, I'm Letting Go. I mean, sorry, the album is The Simple Life that includes I'm Letting Go. So I'm gonna to listen to part two on the way down the mountain. So until next time, take care because I really, really care. A slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dark,